Welcome to the Storyteller Series Nigeria, a podcast dedicated to true stories of the Nigerian experience. The Storyteller Series collects stories from Nigerians of all ages and backgrounds. This is episode 8 and we're calling it School Days. Stories in this episode are from our second live show, which held on June 30, 2018 in Abuja, Nigeria. Note that episodes of our podcast are released every two weeks. A huge shout out to our listeners in Qatar, Ghana, Botswana and Kenya. Keep listening. Please share with your friends. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at ABJ Storyteller. You can also visit our website at thestorytellerng.org. Please like and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud. We need your ratings so others can find the show. Enjoy the show. Our first storyteller is Dante. Dante runs the Cube Cafe, which is where we have our live events. The Cube Cafe is my favorite cafe in Abuja because of its welcoming ambience, its excellent coffee, and because they let us have the show there. Enjoy Dante's story. Secondary school seems to be a place for a lot of stories. Um, because, um, yeah, secondary school is quite eventful. Okay. My first crush. Excuse me, baby. Yeah, so my first crush. Um, I, I am... Um, for... Probably from my SS1 to SS3, um, I could not sleep. I was so in love with this girl. And she, just, she was a very close friend of mine, so I used to see her every day. I've tried to speak to her a few times, and she would speak to me, but, you know, no green light. Well, I did not even know what green light was. I just I felt some way about a woman. And um, I kept trying and trying. And um, one day, a friend of mine, who was like a bigger boy. He was in my year, but he was like a bigger boy, you know. We looked up to him. So he came up to me and he was like, Ah, Dante, I really like this your baby. You understand? I'm like, ah, she's not my baby, just my friend. He's like, ah, please, okay, I'll give you a love letter to give her. <laughs> now I was thinking like this guy in a while. But I still when he was writing this letter, we found out that he could not write. We had SS2 at this time. So I took up the mantle and wrote the love letter. And surprisingly, the girl agreed. I thought, ah, she, ah, she's too high class. She's not even going to look at him. But she agreed and she went out to him. That just made the last two years of secondary school absolute torture because I, I just hated both of them. And I still loved her. So when I finished secondary school, now, you know, I've been. I had finished work for like maybe about a month or something. I then thought, okay, this thing is too much. And she lived down the road from my house, like after boarding school. So I went all the way to her house, carried all my friends. I stole my dad's car. I was sweating in the car while the AC was on. Reached the house and I saw her and I could not say a word. So my friends, my friends started speaking for me. And the only thing I remember saying in that whole conversation was, I love you. And she, and she said no. So, yeah, that's my story. (laughs) 
I forgot to say that Dante runs the Cube Cafe with his lovely wife Kenya, who is also an artist with the Enigma Arts Collective here in Abuja. Kenya was in the audience, which is why Dante was apologizing. Our next storyteller is Saad Kamaldin. Saad lives and works in Abuja. Uh, my name is Saad Kamaldin, as she mentioned, and I'm a bit panicked right now. That's why I decided to sit down so I can ground myself very well and I can ignore some of you at the back. So that way, there are less people. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, growing up, I lived with my brothers and my mom, and we had loads of aunties and uncles come around. So they always told us scary stories about Madame Couscous. Does anybody know Madame Couscous? <laughs> exactly. They tell you about Bush Baby. And you'll be like, this people, why are they lying to me like this? And I was not a remotely superstitious child, like not even remotely. So whenever I tell them, I'm like, ah, you keep washing yourself, keep washing yourself. So basically, unfortunately for me, one night in boarding school, it was hot and there was a lot of mosquitoes. Has everybody ever experienced that condition before that you'll be sweating, the whole bed will be wet, you think that you piss on yourself. For well, that type of night, so I could not sleep, I was thirsting and turning, Thinking of different things, I was like, ha, let me count sheep, like when you go. I counted sheep, the sleep did not come. Next thing, I started hearing the, the, the wonderful noise of a cat. Meow, meow. I'm like, ah, which kind of devil cat be this when they sleep for 3 a.m.? I was like, okay, fair enough, it's a cat. Next thing, the cat kept quiet. <laughs> Lo and behold, the cat was just the beginning. I started hearing a, cry, a baby cry. Like an infant, like you know there's a difference between when a man is crying. A man when he's crying, you just lock up. He'll be like, that's it. When a woman is crying, she will. You're like, oh god, me, kill her. And when a baby is crying, ha, it's, it's a I don't I can't I can't I can't try that one. I can't try it. So next thing I had a baby crying, I was like, which type of irresponsible mother? 3 a.m. at night. And outside my window, you need to know what was outside my window, was a mountain, like a, a rock. So which type of mother will carry her baby 3 a.m. to a rock? I was like, this, this, this is unnatural. This is unnatural. So I was like, okay, it's still a baby. Next thing, the baby kept quiet. The cat came back. I was like, ah! Person send me. Person send magic, come, come, come outside tonight. The cat kept quiet. The baby started again. And this continued till... 5 o'clock in the morning, so from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m., I could not sleep. Cat and baby. Once the cat came quiet, the baby would start. I see they were just interchanging, that the cat was transforming into a baby, the baby was transforming into a cat. I'm like, what type of jazz is this? <laughs> so I was like, next morning, I am out of here. So when I was in boarding school, there's this lovely trick that I used to do whenever I want to go home or pretend to have asthma. So there's this thing, any of you can try it whenever you have time. Just start doing, <laughs> and keep doing that consistently for 30 minutes. Your breath will cook. Naturally, naturally. If you think I'm lying, try it. Don't try it here because I don't want to encourage anybody to kill themselves. You get, you can try that when you're at home. So basically, I tried doing that. That's how they took me to the nurse's office. When I got to the nurse's office, the nurse told me that, unfortunately, she cannot put me on the bed because there's a girl on the bed. I'm like, ah, okay. That's fine, I'll sit down and wait for my mother to come and pick me up. And I asked, naively, what is wrong with the girl? She now told me that it's something supernatural. I was like, ha! Ah, 
not again. I left one in the morning. I came to run away and hide in the sick before my mom would come and pick me. And I tell him that I brought myself to another supernatural occurrence. I'm like, ah, God, God, now you. So I, so I calmed down and I was like, okay, what is the worst that can happen? She be supernatural. I'll just pray. She let her stay there. Let me stay here. Hold your lane. I hold my lane. That's how the preacher came in. They were like, he's come to man, exercise her. I'm like, no, when I'm here, please let me go. They're like, no, that don't worry that you cover the curtain. I don't have to see anything. I'm like, okay, fine. That's how next thing I had the guy started his incantations. Amen, amen. He started his incantations. I was like, okay, at least he's about to exercise her and the demon will leave her body. So we're all going to be safe. Next thing I had, the guy prayed inside water. He will now splash the water on her face. Does anybody know outside here? Eh? Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to say this in English that to capture the gravity of what she said. But basically, initially, myself, when I was praying for her, I had a man's voice. Like before they closed the curtain, I saw that it was a 12, 12 year old girl. So I was like, okay, what is going on? He closed the curtain, and next thing, I had a man shouting as if they are, they, they are lashing him with Koboko. Why you Allah? Why you Allah? I was like, ha! Take a time of this. I was sleeping. I had cats and baby crying. Now I've come to the sick bay. I'm hearing a woman talk like a man. What type of, who sent them to me? Today or one day? I kept quiet. I was, in my mind, I was like, all the prayers I could remember, I was just, and sadly enough, I only remember one prayer. That one prayer on repeat in my head. I was like, God, it's you today. It's you today. That was the prayer, because if I start praying the prayer now, I will not finish. So let's just leave that. It's God, it's you today. Next thing, he splashed the water on her face. And the woman just turned. She kept quiet. You expect that when he pours the water on her face, that's when the shouts will be high. She poured the water on the face and you're like, Malam, by Nikas one Rumba, working. I'm like, huh? I just told the nurse that, you know what? I'm feeling fine now. Let me go back to my room. Thank you very much. Wow. Magical realism at its best, huh? Well, in either case, Sad says the true story, so. Our third and final storyteller for this episode is Jenny Okwara. Jenny is a blogger and writer based in Abuja. I am excited to be here. Um, most people know me as a social media noisemaker and a blogger, but I wasn't always like that. <laughs> I want to tell my story for back in the year, uh, days. I had, I had a lot of stories, you know, I, I, I was juggling which one to pick, and, but somebody had told a story later to mine. So I'm going to skip a, a part of it. So I grew up in this family where I'm the first of six children, so um, I used to say I'm a natural leader. I was the one they would beat for everybody who, who acts and miss. They will beat me on top, like, your younger brother did this. You should have been there to make sure you didn't do it. You know, that kind of thing. So I always grew up thinking that my parents didn't like me a lot. You know, like, I was the one that was going to take everybody's issues. Why am I always... In fact, there's something that my mom used to call me then, in Igbo, she used to say, Ishiwapanjala, which means the first child that has all the crimes. You know, looking back now, she... <laughs> She regrets saying some of those things. So I used to always feel like 
there's nothing I would do really that would please my parents or please anyone. So I, and then um, I come from this very religious conservative home. Um, so the religious part they also help the fact that I was already you know a child feeling really. I used to call it. I used to have a lot of self pity for myself. You know how I'll, I'll find time after I've done all the chores for my mom, I'll go and hide to cry. I had that kind of self pity, and and some um, and then. It grew to a point where um, I felt I lost my teenagehood. Uh, so between when I was 16 and let me tell you a story about three in, um, uncanny things that happened between when I was 16 and 21. Because of that um, whole issue and um, when Olotu was telling her story, I was like, ah, you went to deeper life school. Me, I, went, I came from a deeper life home. So <laughs> you cannot breathe, you cannot talk, everything is wrong. You can't wear that skirt, it's straight. You can't wear a, a shirt that is buttoned in front. You can't wear a, a dress that, is a, that has a long zip at the back. You can't wear a certain length of dress. You can't wear perfume. You can wear earrings. You can't, of course, perm your hair. Who born you? You can't, you know, it's it, it sort of like, and then I, I always used to feel that, why was it that, um, for my brothers, because we also had a rule, you can't wear jean. So, but my brothers soon rebelled and started wearing jean. And my father was not as, you know, as, mad at them, you know, when they say revolting. And I got fed, something is wrong. These people are, something is wrong somewhere. So between when I was 16 and uh, 21, I was in secondary school. So I had gone into this team. Very, have you seen a very intelligent, self-aware girl, but who is um, very timid? That was me. I, I feel like I defined the word timid, like when I was growing up. So I didn't, when I said I didn't have a, a, a teenager, when people say, oh, when they were 16, 18, or is when they were like hot, you know, they were, they had boyfriends, they were dressing on fleek. I just look at them like, that is me in my 30s, please, not them. <laughs> you know, so um, in my SS2, I, I, I went to Federal Government College, Calabar, and then in my SS2, I remember going back home, going back to school, because I was a boarding school student, and our school was all girls. And then that particular SS2, my parents um, said my school fees wasn't complete. So they gave it to me in cash and said I should get to school, go and meet my dean and pay that deposit so that they can pay up later. Now I was so timid I couldn't afford to, to walk up to any teacher or any, I couldn't go. So I kept the 19,000 as my pocket money and kept wishing every day I wake up and say, God, give me the strength to go to admin block to go and pay this money. I couldn't go. So I ended up spending it throughout the semester. <laughs> So by the time my father realized I had to pay my school fee, he had to pay it double because I was already in SS3. And another thing that fear made me do because of this timidity, in my SS3, you know, we are all body students, so everybody knew everybody. On the day of physics exam, I didn't show up in the hall. I ran away. I was in the school compound. Our school is very big, so I, I hid. Because I felt I couldn't, I didn't read anything. I didn't, I didn't want to studying physics, even my father was just the one pushing me. So I disappeared and the school was a pandemonium. After the Wayek officials had gone, they found out, I came out, everybody felt, okay, 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 time it up. Okay, everybody felt, what happened to you? Are you crazy? What happened? Till now, my father didn't know why. My father doesn't know that I was the one that escaped because when my result came out, he came up as absent. When I was in university in year one, I was the only student who had a, a, a very particular course. I studied English and literature. And then the day they called, only one person had an A, and they called my matric number. Out of timidity, I didn't, sh I didn't raise my hand. My professor kept saying, who are you? I am so, so, so number. I told myself right there, I'm not going to stand in front of this class and take this glory, even though it's mine. 
I'm going to wait and go back to his office later and tell him I'm the one. So even, that was exactly what I did. You know, so um, my time is up, so I wish I could go on and on. But today, when people see me, they can't relate with that. So my packaging days was really stolen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Storyteller Series Nigeria. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. For more information on the series and to check dates for our next live event, please follow us at ABJ Storyteller, that's one word, on Instagram, Twitter, and like our Facebook page. You can also visit our website at thestorytellerng.org. If you would like to tell a story at our next live event or submit a story to the podcast, please email info at thestorytellerng.org. Have a great day. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by me, Funola Oshinupebi. You can contact me at info at the storyteller See you in two weeks.